Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Too many pain pills, too much pot, trying to be something that I'm not Superman. Superman. Trying to do more than I can, got a little out of hand, I ain't Superman. Know what I'm talking about? I blew my throat and I blew my toe. I wound up sipping on soup du jour. I wasn't Superman. Oh no, I wasn't Superman. I'm trying to do more than I can. I got a little out of hand. I wasn't Superman. I hear you. Dicky Playwright. It's a crying shame, but you ain't Clark Kent and I ain't Lois Lane. You ain't Superman. You ain't Superman. Trying to do more than you can. Got a little out hand. You ain't Superman. What do you think, Snoop? Well, when I die, put it on my stone. God said, Snoopy, take your badass home. You wasn't Superman. No, I wasn't Superman. I'm trying to do more than I can. I got a little out of hand. I wasn't Superman. I hear you. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, people, and you're listening to episode 24 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Foster, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host... Ian Loring, I'm wearing two layers and it's the middle of June. What the shit? Um, I'm I, I'm wearing one layer and I'm boiling hot, but then again, I'm always warm, even in the fucking middle of winter. Um, one man who I'm Hi. guessing doesn't feel the cold is the Man of Steel. And uh, we're bringing you a Superman review, um, as well as... Well, sorry, not Superman review, a Man of Steel uh, review. I have a feeling that won't be the last time I call it Superman. Uh, we'll also be looking at some one old, one new. Um, my one new um, this uh, week was recommended by a drunken Mr. Loring. Uh, and we'll be closing the first part of our double demonity uh, with the Manchurian candidate, um, Jonathan Demme's remake of John Frankenheimer's film from 1962, I think, off the top of my head, which might be fucking wrong. Um, so, yeah, um, so what we'll do first is I'm going to ask Ian the important question of, Ian, what trailers have you seen this week? Hi, um, not many, um, Hobbit, it's a good trailer, I'm not that bothered about the film at all, but the trailer's good, um, that's all I've got to say about that one, it looks action-y and it actually looks like there's more stuff than people wondering about, which is good. Uh, but we'll see. 300 Rise of an Empire. Looks like more 300. Yeah. It, That's about it. It does, doesn't it? It, 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 looks, it looks incredibly uninspired. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I really like 300. Um, but I, I, I watched the 300 
trailer, the and I just thought, I do you know what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I um... it looks dark, not like a dark in tone, but visually it looks really dark. Yeah, the, the only thing that, that I, I just like. It, it's weird, like, by the time that actually comes out, cause it was supposed to be August, and then it got pushed back to, like, March next year, it's going to be seven years since the first one by then. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time um, to to kind of go back to that, really. It, it, it mm. seems strange. It would have made sense to have released it sort of a little bit after uh, Man of Steel to kind of capitalise on the Zack Snyder effect. Yeah, quite. I, I just, yeah, it's... Very, very whatever. I mean, Christ, one, once we have the kid, I'm, I'm probably going to have to be more selective in what I watch at the cinema. And unless there's nothing out that week and we're kind of forced to review this one, I just don't see myself going to see it. Uh, it it's totally uh, Netflix. Yeah, it, well, that, yeah, I, don't, I just, it's a strange one. I just don't, I don't see the need for it, really. No, but, you know, I'm... I, It'll probably do well, but I can't see it like breaking any records because I think at the time it was like the uh, one of the highest R-rated opening weekends ever for like a non-sequel. Mm. It might have been the highest for a non-sequel actually. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's that I suppose. Um, and uh, I watched the extended uh, trailer for Elysium, which which looks fantastic, but we all know that. Yeah. Um, I was I, I wasn't majorly sold on the first trailer. It kind of just looked like more District 9. Um, but this, it, I don't know, it's kind of, it, it's expanding the scope. And <clears throat> excuse me. And I like that Damon's character is actually supposed to have a sense of humour about him. I was, I kind of thought, oh Christ, is this just going to be really taking itself seriously? And just, even I don't know why I thought that, because District 9 has its moments of comedy. But um, this, I don't know, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the only thing that worries me is how much it's going to kind of like beat you around the head with its social commentary. But if they if they keep that on the low low and or, or like smartly integrate it, um, I think Elysium could be something special. And I've been hearing rumblings uh, from from people who have actually seen it or people who know people who have seen it. And uh, it, apparently it's going down a storm. So, yeah, Um out Fright Fest weekend, so not that long in this grand scheme. No, no, not really, no, not at all. It's 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 creeping up quite quickly. Um, we're kind of we are running out really of the blockbusters now. There's only a you know we've had more than we've got left to go. I think, haven't we? Well, I mean, what have we got? World War Z, yep. uh, Pacific Rim, uh, Lone Ranger. Oh, I, forgot, I keep forgetting about Lone Ranger. That's how much I care. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, quite. Um, and Elysium. So. Yeah. Four major, major blockbusters. I mean, like, you've got some smaller films. You've got The World's End. You've got Kick-Ass 2. Um, but in, in terms of the big, big, big ones, yeah, that's... Am I missing one? That, it's, I don't know. I, I, I keep forgetting Lone Ranger. Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Um, yeah, I, I, this is, there's, there's a lot that I keep forgetting, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, what have Sony had this year? They've had After Earth. Um... I think Sony are just, yeah. just, just in a corner crying about that mistake, to be honest. Even though, I mean, like, they, they've got This Is The End uh, um, coming out in a couple of weeks, and that's going to make some movies. Yeah, that, so. I, I think that will will probably claw back what, a, a portion of what After Earth seems to be hemorrhaging at the moment. Mm. I, 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 I have seen This Is The End, and I will be seeing it again in the cinema, I'm, so there's yeah, a hint as to what I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. 
So, uh, but yeah, that, that's all I saw. I'm, I didn't bother watching that minute-long trailer for Diana because... I, it, you, you missed nothing at all. It, it, it looks incredibly dull. Yeah. Um, I, even though it's Oliver Hirschbeagle directing mm, it, isn't it? Yeah, but it, 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 it... You know that film when you heard they were going to make Diana, Diana biopic? That film that immediately jumped into your head? That's the film it is. Yeah, sure. Um, Fair enough. I watched. Um, I've, I've, I've finally, finally, uh, I'm excited about Pacific Rim. Saw the theatrical trailer um, before um, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. And um, yeah, that that sold it to me more than um, more than the the so far the trailers that have sort of been released um seeing it on the big screen and seeing that it, it kind of made me go i said you know what because I, I i have I've, I've had faith in in it i've never thought it's going to be crap but it's just not the so far everything that's been about it hasn't got me excited about it you know i've still got a lot of faith in del Toro because you know pans chronos stuff like that love that but i also really love is uh the hellboy movies as well so I think that was going to happen, but just what I'd seen was kind of making me go, I've got nothing to go, I'm looking forward to seeing that bit or that bit or that bit. But then watching that trailer on that screen, it made me go, yeah, do you know what? If it's two hours of that, fine. I'm cool with that. I mean, apparently um, there's some more, there, there are more emo- uh, emotional beats and there are, more quiet and more introspective moments mm. in there as well, which is I, I, I think to be expected when it comes to Del Toro. I, I'm incredibly excited yeah. about Pacific Rim, and I have been for ages. And I mean, you know, it's it, there's a there's a cast there as well. You know, there's a cast of quite interesting performers in Pacific Rim. It's not it, it's not really gone for really well known names, but you know, you've got people who sort of you'll recognise, you know, you've got people like Idris Elba and, you know, Charlie Day's in there, you've got Ron Perlman as usual, and I'm interested to see if Charlie Hunnam can actually, you know, transfer Suns into Pacific Rim. We shall see. So I'm, I'm more looking forward to that. Um, so the World's End trailer um, for before, uh, again, for Man of Steel, um, not going to watch any more trailers for it at all. Not gonna watch anything else about it or read anything else about it until I see it, because the more I watch on it, the more I'm going. This doesn't look very good. I'm slightly, I'm, I'm slightly worried I'm uh, for the world's end. Incredibly worried. Um, I will, like I said, the thought theatrical trailer. I've watched it. Just going. Hmm. I'm not laughing at any of this, and all it's making me do is go. Really. And our mutual friend in the industry has told me things about the making of it and early screenings, which haven't gone down spectacularly well. Ooh. But then I know what he's like, Our the, the person I'm referring I, to. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> so it, it could all be bluster. But I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going into the world's end with with um expectation but apprehension yeah i think i'm exactly the same um well i said there's another trailer i saw oh, the um wolverine um yeah um 
you know, I'm not super pumped for it, but looking forward to seeing it. No more than that. That looks as three out of five a film as you could ever expect. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, I I hope that the that the, the way it's going to go in my head isn't the way it actually goes, which is that what happens is is at the start we get you know, Logan wandering around being very kind of, oh, I hate the fact that I'm Wolverine, and then him not being Wolverine by getting, you know, regenerative powers taken away from him, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden he gets them all back. I'm hoping it, they don't just do that, which I don't think the world, I think they're too smart to just do that. I think they, they can't make another shit Wolverine movie, because then that'll be it. They won't be able to make, if this one's shit, then there won't be another Wolverine movie. You can't have two on the bounce that are terrible, I don't they, they, Yeah, I mean, they seem to be making, at least in terms of the PR, they seem to be making a concerted effort to say, look, we know we fucked up. Mm. Also, I think... But then, I mean, they said that about Transformers 3. Yeah, but I, th- I think the Transformers movies are almost a little bit like, do you know what? One was alright, two is shit. Three, you know, won't that much better, but everyone's still going to fucking see it, so we're just going to do a far anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that was about it that I saw. I think. Uh, oh no, the killing season as well, um, which um, looks looks. It, it the thing is, the story of the killing season sounds really interesting. It looks fun again, having De Niro seems to be actually reading scripts now, and not just going. So, how much am I getting paid for this? Even though he was just in the big way. He, he, he was, but then again, uh, a friend of mine got taken to see that by his missus, was saying how terrible, you know, I can't fucking believe I'm going to see it, but she wants to see it for birthday. I spoke to him afterwards, I said, what do you reckon? He went, it's shit, but I'll be honest, I laughed five or six times. I don't believe your friend. Uh, well, the thing is, is he's the most anti-looking, what is it, um, chick flick person I know. So it's like, really? He said, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying I'll watch it again. He said, but I've been dragged to see a whole lot fucking worse. Like, all right? He said, except whenever De Niro and Susan Sarandon are on screen, it is horrible. He said, really horrible. So then when they're on screen, it's all right. So then when they go yeah. away, it's horrible again. Um, but yeah, but it, it, have you seen the Killing Season trailer? Uh, no. Right. It, I, I'll say this. It looks like um, just before um, they started shooting it, um, Travolta looked at the scripts and went, shit, this guy's Serbian. And they've gone, yeah? And he went, oh, I didn't oh, read no. that bit. And went, right? He went, oh, fuck. I used to do a Serbian voice, don't I? Yeah, but we, we start shooting in like two minutes, John. He's gone. How does this sound? Does this sound Serbian? Not really, John. It will do. And it, it, it sounds like that. And also as well, because John Trotter can't grow his own hair anymore, he has to have it etch sketched onto him. The beard he's got is comical. It, it, it really does look like he's made it out of fell and then stuck it to himself. That sounds fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. So, but but you know what? Fuck it. By now, I'm I, I, I've come full circle with with the Nero now. I'm back to going. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'll watch it. <laughs> nice. um, right. I think that that's about it for trailers for 
this week. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's one that we fucking missed out that I've watched. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I rewatched a bunch of trailers in front of Man of Steel, but I don't know. I can't remember. No, no. I think that's 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 everything covered by me. Right. So, talking of trailers, we're going to play you a quick trailer from uh, Man of Steel, and then we're going to uh, get into a bit of a review, short discussion about a film that has seemingly split people quite, quite heartily. Yeah, quite fucking severe. Yeah. Yes. too big, Mom. Then make it small. Focus on my voice. Pretend it's an island out in the ocean. Can you see it? I see it. My son was in the bus. Saw what Clark did. You have to keep this side of yourself a secret. What was I supposed to do? Just let him die? Maybe. I have so many questions. Where do I come from? have to decide what kind of man you want to grow up to be, Clark. Whoever that man is, he's going to change the world. Okay, that was a clip from uh, Man of Steel, uh, which is the Superman, the inevitable um, Superman reboot, um, produced by Christopher Nolan, directed by Zack Snyder, uh, written by David S. Goer, a man who is very familiar with comic book movies, um, starring uh, Henry Cavill as uh, the Man of Steel. You've got Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Kevin Costner... Lawrence Fishburne and Russell Crowe and a few other sort of notable faces cropping up. Um, Ian, what do you think of Man of Steel? Uh, I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was all right. Um, I, I, yeah, considering the it's the best slash worst thing ever kind of reactions, um, 
I was kind of surprised by how I was. I, I just thought, yeah, it, it was all right. I mean, because like, it, to be honest, I'm probably going to be saying a lot of the same things that a lot of people have been saying. Um, I really, 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 really liked it whenever it wasn't loud. Um, and, and that's basically how you can sum it up. Whenever it got loud, I switched off. Um, but when it wasn't loud, I thought it was pretty great. But we'll get into that. Mark? Um, I, well, I'm not a massive um, Superman as a character fan. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like it and like that. I like the first three movies of the, you know, the original Superman movies. Um, but as a character, Superman doesn't really do it for me. I, I find him quite, quite bland. I think part of that is, um, you know, I, I had to stomach the terrible mid '90s Superman series um, because, you know, at the time we were a one television household and my parents my sister decided that was what we did on a, I think it was a Saturday evening the, the new adventures of Superman was good uh, which one was, was that is that what I'm talking about the Dean Cain one as much of the fact that I really didn't like spending time with my family as more as uh, actually hating the show. Um, so yeah, so I never really, I don't have that emotional connection that some people seem to have to Superman. That you know, I have that connection to Batman. So I went into this without any kind of. I didn't really, really want to like it, but I also didn't really, really you know, want to hate it, which a lot of people seem to. I wanted to go in and just be entertained. And I I got enough entertainment out of it. I think there are there are issues. Um I think those issues will grow possibly in the next one because I'll get into one of my big kind of issues of the film once we get sort of more into um what we thought was wrong with the film. Um but overall I, I liked um, I think Snyder was more controlled than he usually is um, in terms of going for the, his his stylistic um, fingerprints. It's very it looks like a Zack Snyder film, but there wasn't as much slow motion, you know, as there is. There wasn't the big um, he, he didn't shoehorn um, a pop song into it at any point. You know, there was those bits were quite sort of well handled. And thinking about it, this is really, uh, this is Zack Snyder's first blockbuster. You know, if you look back over his his CV, you've got a horror remake, um, 300, which was, a, you know, it was a mid-budget comic book movie. It wasn't a, a blockbuster. It just happened to make a shitload of money. Uh, yeah, I think it kind of accidentally became. A yeah, it, it did. It wasn't a blockbuster by design. You know what was it? It was a forty million dollar movie. So, wait a minute. whoa, that was weird. Um, I have a. Um, I, I'll come back to this in a second, uh, guys. Um, I have a, a slot in my um, laptop where you put a, an SD card, and it just fired the SD card because like a, there's a dummy SD card that sits in it, so now it gets in it. They just fired it out and it just hit me in the face while I was talking. Okay, bloody hell, are you alright? <laughs> it's fine, it's just weird. I thought, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they had Watchmen, which, you know, not a blockbuster, cost a lot of money, but, you know, this is an 18 movie. Um, then the, you know, the Owls movie, which, I, I, again, I don't think it's called a blockbuster. 
Sucker Punch. Maybe that would be considered a blockbuster, but it was a, it was very much a vanity project. Sucker Punch. It was a, you know, it was a thank you for making three hundred as much as anything yeah, totally. else. Um, you know, it was it was him using his credit that he had. Um, granted, it lost him a lot of you know a lot of goodwill, but anyway. So I, I yeah I I like Man of Steel. Um, okay, so we don't end on a negative. Um, obviously we've got more to talk about Man of Steel, but I want to know what were what were your issues with it? Um, well, I mean, like, I, I, really, as I said, it was it, the the third act where spoilers and we're spoilers all the time, guys. In case you're new listeners, we're all spoilers yeah. all of the time. Yeah, even though there's not not an awful lot to spoil. No, there is. Let's, let's be Steel, honest. You, you know what's going to happen. You know. It, yeah, I mean, narratively, in terms of the 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 bare bones of the story, it's as straightforward as you can really get there are no real surprises um but yeah it, it like there's so much setup which we'll get into which is, I, I i thought was really well done that the third act is very 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 busy there's action happening on multiple in kind of multiple places and i didn't think it really like I, I don't know, it just didn't need it. Um, right. Yeah, Superman versus the Tentacly thing yeah, it, in India. It was the, the, it, you. You could have. The thing is, this is a two-hour, you know, twenty-odd minute movie. Like about two hours ten um, before credits. Uh, you, you could have quite easily got a two-hour movie before credits out of it. You could have shaved off ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah to no difference and I think it would have made it feel a little bit crisper and a little bit sharper but it... you, you 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 cut out the tentacle yeah. bit. you cut out that that plot bit because it just wasn't needed um you cut out Lawrence Fishburne spending five minutes trying to get a woman out of a car and I think you could shave two or three minutes off um Superman fighting um angry henchwoman and um generic giant dude Oh yeah, the the kind of the end of second act. Yeah, you, you, that that yeah. went on way too long. Yeah, 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 it did. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, but the thing is, like, obviously, the, the what they figured with Superman Returns was that people wanted more action and less of the talky talky. Yeah. Whereas here, the, the fact is, with Superman Returns, the talky talky stuff wasn't great because it was very very reverential and it was just it, it felt like a greatest hits of the original films mm. whereas this the talky talky stuff feels in terms of how it's done not in terms of what he's actually saying but in terms of how it's done it feels quite fresh and it feels quite interesting for this kind of film mm. so when the action is it takes ages and is as in fairness, generic as it is, um, th- th- there are problems. But then there are also bits in the action sequences which are uh, uh, pretty great. I mean, the, the final moments of Superman versus Zod, where Zod is basically looking to kill a random family, mm. you know, and, and Superman's like, stop, and Zod ne- says never, and then Superman just basically breaks his neck. That is great. Schneider did manage to get, I think, quite a lot of times, tension um, and some kind of emotion um, into into this movie without question, I think. I think there was a lot of times where I was 
it, it, it got me and it had that, uh, 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 you know, that moment where you're going, fuck, fuck, fuck. I, I, I had that quite a sort of few times with that. And that's because, you know, it, it grabbed me. And I, you know, that's why we go to the cinema. It's why I watch films like this. You know, it, it, it pulled me into that world enough to get me really invested in what was going on. Yeah, 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 quite. I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the thing. You do get invested. Um, but that it just... I, I don't know. It, it, I, seeing Superman and Zod, like, chucking each other into buildings and stuff is quite fun. But I, I like Kermod, I think, said, you know, everything, everything doesn't explode once. Everything explodes twice. Yeah. And I get, I get what he's saying with that, and it is... It is a problem. I mean, it, 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 a similar problem to the end of this is a similar problem to I, I had with the end of um, the Avengers movie, wherein they tried to make it so epic and so grand that what they ended up doing was going, well, the only problem is, is we've only got this. And it's like, right, so how can we make it a little bit bigger? How can we eke out another ten minutes out of this? And instead of thinking of something else to do, it was, right, well, we'll just have more of them smashing through buildings. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. right, you can see them smash through a building once, twice, three times. But after that, it's kind of like, okay, can we get to either something else or a conclusion? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, go on. Sorry, go on. And it is a shame, because some of the other action is... is it's pretty good. I like, I liked the action sequences when it was him, kind of undercover as such. Like the, the oil, uh, ta- uh, the oil platform bit uh, towards the start. I, I, I thought it was good. There's not much there, but I, I thought it was cool. And I liked the imagery. I thought the imagery of him opening that door and it's just him on fire was a cool image. Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, it's a, it was also an incredible way of getting him without a shirt on. Well, yeah, true. But I mean, I just like the imagery of like his his trousers melting and stuff like that. It, it, it that, that because I mean, it, it's it, it's action, but it's also it is also storytelling. It's kind of like the myth making of this man who goes around and does these incredible well, things. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 what I really like about that is the fact that we get this opening um, where it's it, it's setting you know for why you know why Kal-El gets sent to Earth. And you get that. Um, I like the fact that when we when we're introduced to um, Clark Kent, we're not introduced to him as a you know on Earth. I mean, as a boy, we're straight away introduced to him as a man. You know, he's not. We don't. You know, we do see him as a boy, but we see it in a different way. We see it in the flashback way. We don't have to go right. We're on Krypton, and now now we're here, uh, and we're gonna have to sit through. 20 minutes of him growing up and being, you know, a freak and all this lot. What we got was we got that bit peppered around the film, which worked better because it didn't it didn't bring it down too much. You weren't there going, do you know what? I just want to see Superman. I just want to see Superman. I just want to see him do summer. And you got that summer very quickly with the with that. And it, you say it did work very well. It was a well shot sequence, and the fact that it only lasts sort of four or five minutes helps the film, I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, but I mean, as as well as as that kind of earthy kind of stuff. I mean, the Krypton stuff at the beginning, I thought was um, 
was fun. Uh, it, it, it's um, bonkers mm. it, 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 in in a really just enjoyable way. Um, you know, like just flying lizards and those weird metallic personal assistant things. You know, like I I, I liked the design and I liked Russell Crowe there. I mean, like because to be fair, Russell Crowe basically becomes a sex machina through yeah like. It, it, the other bits in the film he is literally he's literally the ghost in the machine yeah he is he becomes um default russell crowe pattern mark two doesn't he it, yeah. it, instead of it being fat guy who sits in chair it's um walking around and talking like that russell crowe now walk over here yeah. and press this button and this is going to happen and now this it, it, it's... and i close doors with my mind yeah, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's it that that stuff was pretty late. It, yeah, it, it, and a, a, a lot of people have been very down on David Goyer's screenplay, and that's certainly one aspect that I agree with on there. I do, and I don't, to be honest. Um, in terms of the Goyer, I, I think the thing is, is I think Goyer gets a, a fucking a lot of stick, to be honest, and I've never really agree with it because people always sort of give him shit for what he's doing and the reason why um and you, the problem is is i've said this to people before and you always get fucking fanboy backlash and the problem is with fanboys is most of them are belligerent assholes um and they are it, it, you know it, it's one of those things you get a lot of fanboys who are generally sort of nice guys and who just really like a, a certain character or a certain thing and then you get a lot of fanboys who know all this stuff, not because they want to know it, so that they can know more than other people. And it's just like, I sure. really don't care. You know, I, 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 you know I'm, a, I'm a huge Batman fan. I wouldn't call myself a fanboy, but I'm a huge Batman fan. Have I read every single Batman comic? No. Do I own every single Batman comic? No. You know... But it doesn't make me any less of a fan than somebody who might own all of them and might be able to tell me what happened in every fucking what is it? I just don't have that approach to it. But, you know, the reason why Goa gets brought on to these things, um, and it's been explained by people like Del Toro's explained it, um, and Nolan's explained it before, they bring him on because he has that near encyclopedic knowledge of these comic book heroes. You know, He's been a comic book fan since he was a kid. He's read all the comics. He still reads all the comics. And they bring him on because he can do this. I, you know, you go back over the films that he's he's had um, some kind of writing credit on and stuff like that. He's, they're not, there's very few bad movies in there. But he always seems to get pointed at as being the, the weak link. And you think, if he was that bad, I'm sorry, but the people that he works with wouldn't keep going back to him if he was that bad. I will say he wrote and directed The Unborn. He did write and, and he deserved to be put in director jail for that. He did write and direct Unborn. I'm not saying he's a good director. I'm not saying that at all. But he also had writing credits on things like Dark City, Blade, Blade 2, Batman okay. Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, you know, this. Um, and he wrote Death Warrant, which is a great film. Um, so I, I think people seem to see him as like an easy guy to, to have a pick at because whenever you go, well, I think it's right to go, well, what about Jumper? Like, 
really? You're going to use jumper? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's certain things you've got to put in a, in a, in a Superman flick. And I, I think the corny dialogue at points is the least of your worries with that. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, I mean, in fairness, it's not just the comedy diet. I mean, particularly with the Russell Crowe bit, it's the fact that he literally has him do that and explain stuff to Amy Adams and help her get out of tight situations. It, it just that does to me feel like lazy screenwriting. It it feels to me like there is. It, I don't know. I, I got what I got more out of it was. They weren't trying to overcomplicate this, you know. This the thing is is, and it will get to, it will get compared to it. But I think the studio were very much aware that they didn't want to go down the the Nolan Batman route. They wanted to keep yeah. this for. I, I I don't think this is a movie based around. No, lot. Start again. The Batman movies were more aimed at older sort of teenagers and mid-twenties and aimed at that, but could appeal to, to younger. I think Man of Steel is definitely trying to get that age range of maybe from nine to about sort of 14, 15. That's its core sure. group. And sure. everybody else could take it. And the thing is, is you can't overcomplicate things for that group. You, you occasionally... You have to kind of throw my bone a little bit. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, there's a difference between between complicating things and literally having a character come in and say, "Here's this, here's this. I'm going to get you out of here now." It's not just explaining things; it's literally have him come in and do everything for her. Well, yeah, but just just to get her out. It, it, that that. It, it, I, I don't. Honest, I didn't. I didn't even see the point of that bit for why Lois was even there. Well, yeah, because like literally, it's the 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 woman alien says he wants you to come with us, and then what do they do? They put her in prison, and then she falls out of the thing. Yeah, and it's a little bit like you know, Superman's very much kind of like you know like wants to protect her, and then when they say, oh, he wants you to come with him, he don't kind of go, hang on a minute, that won't part of the deal. Because yeah, me, yeah. I was the deal. I'm here. She didn't need to go. He's like very much like, all right, then better hop along. I mean, it was. It, I mean, it was a. It was a good moment for Lois, kind of showing that she's got like spunk, mm. you know. But uh, it. I, I right. I really like Amy Adams as an actress. I think she's brilliant. I think she's miscast to hell in this. Really? I think she, yeah. I don't. Right. I'm going to be very carefully here. I don't think. She's bad as Lois Lane. I don't think she's a bad actress. I just think that that she just seemed too old for it. She just seemed, she seemed, to me, just didn't seem to quite fit the Lois that is in my head. She just seemed that little bit too old for it. Like she's, rather than being... So I, the young go-getter Lois, she seemed like the already arrived and at the absolute top kind of Lois. It just didn't, for some reason, it just didn't work. 
not saying that she's a bad actress or anything so, like that. You're, you're saying that Margot Kidder in the first Superman but I'm not, was a young no, presence. No, 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 I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying he's in, that's that's how I saw What is it? Because that's the thing. I'm not going to compare this to Superman because it's not Superman. It's a different, no, no, type, no, no, a different no. film. And I think that is the problem that I've, 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 that I've had with people's criticism saying, oh, well, Superman was loads better. It's like, do you know what? Yes, it was. But it's a different film. <laughs> that's the point of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I that's, that's I, The fair. thing is, is Amy Adams, it, it, she just seemed, because the next film is what? They're going to become friendlier, aren't they? Let's go. Well, they're basically together exactly. by the end of the first and, film, but they're going to be together in secret Exactly, but something. she just seems a little bit old for him. She seems a little bit cougarish. And... I think that's really hard. That, that, like I say, I'm just that's just the way I see it. And it, she's only going to seem more cougarish when they come to make this the next one in two years' time. God, you just hate women. I, that, well, that, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> I really don't hate women. I, 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 I don't know. I thought I thought she was good. I thought she had a, a kind of a, like I said a spunkiness well, to her. Yeah, you know, is, I thought she I, had the vitality. But I. I it doesn't come across as being spunky to me when, you know, when I look at her and think, she just, like I said, I just think that she just seemed too old for the role. And it's not me having a go at aging actors or any bullshit like that. I just think that she just, to me, Lois Lane is late 20s, early 30s, not late 30s, early 40s. How old, how, how old is Amy Adams? 38, 39. Right. Okay. I don't think she looks that old. I think she looks like just not. Not she looks good. Don't be wrong. I think Amy Adams is an attractive lady, um, but I think she 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 looks like she's in her mid to late thirties. It's not a problem. I'm not seeing as a problem looking like in the mid to late thirties. But like I say, to me, Lois Lane is late twenties, early thirties, and Amy Adams is late thirties, early forties. It's not a oh she looks terrible and she looks haggard. That's not what I'm saying. Is that if that for, that's what I thought the premise for the age thing was, and she doesn't look that age. Not a problem, but she doesn't. Um, I I don't know. I I thought she, I thought she looked fine. I thought she fit quite well with him. To be honest, I, I don't know. Um, like, I I don't know. Um, I I I I thought Henry Cavill didn't look particularly young. Well, it's not. He's supposed to be early thirties, and he looks early thirties. Well, yeah, so I mean, there's not that much of a bloody difference between the two, and it's not like she's supposed to be like it's not like the character of Lois Lane is supposed to be some young ingenue. No, I'm not saying I just, just it for some reason just didn't it just didn't sit with me right. I don't know. I just I, 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 I think I think you need to take a look at yourself. To be honest, mate, I, I think you need to look at yourself in the mirror and think, why do I hate women so much? <laughs> I, I came, got accustomed to that years ago. Don't worry about that. I'm in a happy place with that right now. Oh dear me, poor Becky, poor Becky. What, she's... And Izzy, Jesus Christ. She's not a woman, she's a child. What, Becky? That is, how, I, how I look at my wife is not up for discussion. You, you, you like the fact that you think of her as a child? <laughs> God, you're fucking digging I'm a fucking... hole, man. Oh, just wait until we get on to the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> The hell? Uh, oh God! Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but anyway, sorry, that, that, that was that, that's that was actually my major issue with Man of Steel. 
Well, if if that's your major, um, if that is your major issue for Man of Steel, then I would say. It, well, it, fair that's, that's my major issue. I'm not saying it's a major issue. It's not. It's a, I will freely admit it is massively nitpicking. But but that yeah. I'm, I'm just saying if I had to put out a negative, that would be it. And that middle fight scene lasted a little bit too long. Yeah, I mean, so I take it you, you liked Henry Cavill then? Yeah, but he's 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 very good as as that character. You know, he, he fits it well. You know, essentially, what you need is somebody to play Superman. Is you need somebody who can convey that feeling of you know not threatening. It doesn't come across as threatening, but you know he's strong chested and strong jawed. You know he's the ultimate boy scout and he does look like that um he caught the emotional beats of it quite well i thought um and you know his interactions with costner worked quite well um i i, I thought not enough of that for me no, weren't, not weren't enough of that. that i could have done with more could, could, could certainly have been more yeah um i thought he was he, he was he, he fit the suit really well you know he, yeah yeah totally. he got the he was very calm at points. You know, the 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 scene where he sat with the you know, the handcuffs on and Lois says to him, you know, you actually let them handcuff you and it's very much like, Well, yeah. Makes him feel better. Makes him feel better. And he 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 he, he had he had kind of an empathy towards everything. It it worked very well, but yeah. then when he he had to get angry, he did get angry and he got angry with the right people. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked the whole, um, the, the, the whole thread of, you know, where, and, and his, it, it, there were moments where he was kind of thinking of Zod's plan, or maybe he's got a point here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I did like that. But then, like the, the end of like Krypton had its chance. It, I, I, I thought that was more interesting. I, I mean, like, at least Zod wasn't just like. I'm going to kill you, Superman, because I hate you. I don't like you. You know, it wasn't that. He actually had some sort of plan. Even though, I will say again, this is also David Goyer's scripting, I must say. Um, the idea that Superman had the potential for all of Krypton's future progeny in him was a little bit random and a little bit wacky. And it that felt like a pretty fucking stupid unneeded thing I, I i don't know that 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 rubbed me up the wrong way i must say yeah it didn't it didn't bother me that cause I, I think when you, when you see the codex sort of going into him you kind of you get the idea that that's the that's the thread they're going for yeah i just assumed it was like the the kind of i i it was kind of all the knowledge and all that kind of stuff i didn't think it was literally going to be like what just a load of krypton sperm in him or something. It's essentially was... Krypton DNA in it, really. It's all yeah, the that... yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I didn't think that worked well enough, to be honest. But, you know, I mean, I, that, that, that is that is a nitpick, in fairness. But, um, I, I don't know. I mean, apart from Michael Shannon, maybe we haven't got too much more to talk about. But what did you think of him? He's very good. You know, he, he, if you want somebody who looks maniacal, um, and can be authoritative, you know, Shannon is a go-to guy now. He looks crazy. 
you know he does that and he, he he's terrifying to talk you know you do get that feeling that he has the, the the authority and the charisma to be you know general zod and i thought that 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 worked sort of that worked very well um didn't have as much to do as i thought he would really he, he you know for a lot of it he is just walking into rooms and then walking out of them um it's only sort of like towards the end that he actually sort of solidly gets to do something yeah i mean like even that 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 action sequence towards the end of the second act he basically what he gets knocked down starts like look like seeing things a bit funny and then just gets escorted off it, i don't know that was not great and as well um, that is one thing is is because he starts kind of like you know he gets knocked down and the you know it, when superman pulls the you know the breather apparatus essentially off his face superman then essentially tells him how to combat the feelings he's having yeah. and it's yeah. like so kind of goes well, off and goes that's why i just have to focus on what i want to do rather than let everything around me happen all right that's easy and, and again, well, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Um, what did you make? Because a, a lot of people's. Because I'm just going to throw out a few sort of criticisms that that I've um, heard and seen. Um, the death and destruction toll is 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 quite epic um, in in this film, isn't it? You know, yeah. essentially, um, a lot of Metropolis is destroyed. Oh, I will say, just before I forget, I liked that that terraforming idea of kind of like picking up all like the particles and then smushing them. Yeah. Like kind of like uh, kind of making them into something else, like bit by bit. I really sorry, that as a conceptual idea, I thought that was awesome. Sorry. No, yeah, that this that 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 was very good. Yeah. What 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 did you make of the did did, did that bother you? Because it, it, it seems to be I've seen people saying oh that you know I. It, it, it's irresponsible to have all this, you know, would they be thanking for all this destruction? Oh, you never fucking... And, and, then, and then I thought, hang on a minute, a lot of these people I see saying this are the same people who 12 months ago were talking about how amazing Avengers. Avengers was. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's, it, I... it's a bit like, hang on a minute, you can't fucking have one and, you know, and then shit on the other. It don't work like that. Either yeah. you can't have this type of movie, or you can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like this film makes the exact same pains to not show that stuff as the Avengers did as well. It is what it is. It's it's a twelve A blockbuster. I don't think any kids are gonna watch these films and think that death is a less meaningful thing as a result. No. I don't think don't think these are sending any bad messages to our kids. What would they rather have? Like fucking graphic imagery of nine eleven esque burn victims it, it, or exactly. something. I mean, what, what I was, you know, I was quite quite shocked that in it was two very very graphic scenes of people having their necks snapped in a twelve hour. Totally. Wait, what? Yeah. You yeah, had, yeah, you had yeah, Zod yeah. and you had the one of the um, pilots. Uh, that's right yes have, yeah. you know the the next snap and you get you hear the next snap i was like fucking hell you know that's that's <laughs> pushing a an envelope for 12a a little bit yes quite i i yeah absolutely um yeah that's a bullshit complaint yeah i i, I I'm, I'm i'm on you on it i'm not 
not buying that one. Um, I think that that is people really fucking clutching at straws. The thing is, is uh, and I have this opinion with any well, ninety nine percent of films, right? Is if you go into a film, I go into a film, every film I want to like, I don't like disliking films. Now, if I don't like a film, fine. I'll say originally I don't like a film, but then I leave it at that. I will any time someone fucking mentions it on Twitter or to me, not even to me, but mentions it out there, I won't immediately jump in and start saying, well, that's a piece of shit. And I won't, you know, if I if I see a film I don't like, I'll mention, you know, I'll maybe have a, a mini rant where I'll mention on three or four tweets or a little rant here about what I didn't like about it or anything like that. I won't spend a fucking day or a weekend of my time looking for ways that I can bitch about it. It seems, again, we're at a point where people are really enjoying disliking a movie. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like it, it, this time next week, it will be all about World War Z. Mm. Yeah, you know, it will be exactly the same, but about World War Z. And then the week after that, in the UK anyway, it will be exactly the same, but for this is the end. And then it will be know, Pacific it, Rim. And then it will be the world's end, and then it will be Wolverine, and then it will be the Lone Ranger. You know, it, it just... Th- there is a large amount of haters got to hate mm. online. It, 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 it's very... I, I really... I'll be honest, I, I didn't expect this much of a, a, a backlash against Man of Steel. And then what... No, I, I, don't, I don't see how people are that annoyed yeah, by I, Man I, of I, Steel. I, I'm agreeing. I, I just... I, I mean, great. It, this isn't a nine out of ten movie. It's probably God, no. probably not even an eight out of ten movie. It's probably a solid seven, seven and a half. My my written review, I was debating between a seven and an eight, and Donna read it, and she was like, "That's a seven. Yeah, I mean, and I, 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 do you know what? If every blockbuster I see is a seven, fuck it, I'm happy. You know, yeah. I will take a Man of Steel over a Transformers. You know, it, it was not that long ago that an awful lot of um, blockbusters, that some of blockbusters were basically disappointing. Mm-hmm. Every single one was disappointing. And it's only in the last two or three years where suddenly the standard of blockbusters has really gone up. Mm-hmm. And as well as that, the ones that are really good have also made a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at the Avengers, you look at the Dark Knight, um, uh, Christ, you look at, uh, I don't know, even like X-Men First Class, what it was, or Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they're, they're, they're all sorts of these blockbusters that are made with care, get good crit- good enough critical responses, make a lot of money, and suddenly it's like the quality control on blockbusters as a whole has really gone up. And I, I think people forget how shit blockbusters have been in the past yeah i mean if you go you look back at from well 98 to about sort of 2007 2008 you know we were getting an you know you'd maybe get one good blockbuster a year and you'd get a lot of shite mixed in that which was just you know look if we put up enough fucking bus stop posters people would go and see it simple as that um and you know now Maybe because there's more there's more information out there about these movies, and as well is you know let's be honest, there has been certain seismic changes. We're not getting 
by the number directors directing these anymore. You know, there's no, there's there's always somebody who has an identity behind these movies now. Um, you know, fuck's sake, five years ago, would you have ever thought that Shane Black would be given a hundred and fifty million dollar movie? Boom, exactly. You know, it, it it's it's those type of things. You know, five years ago, the fucking you know, they were probably looking at someone like fucking. George Johnson took to fucking do that. You know, we, we're living in an age where a blockbuster, they're trying to make good films and not just money-making films. And it just... Yeah. I just... I don't... If people don't like it, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But when people are so hell-bent on telling people how much they hate something, I just find that a little bit like, Really? Haven't you got something else to focus your energy into? Why not yeah. tell me about the films you like? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I, Christ, that's why, like, on um, on here, I do try, when we do One Old, One New, I do try to aim for films that I like that I've, uh, I've rewatched. I mean, so, certainly when we get into it this week, I've got two films that I really like to talk about. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I will, we'll, I mean, we'll come to those. Like, I think, right, I'm going to say it. Man of Steel, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. I mean, not 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 the blockbuster of the summer. Oh, God, I mean, I can say, Christ, I enjoyed Iron Man three more, and I enjoyed Fast six more, and I expect to enjoy a few a few more more if I'm honest. But uh, it's fucking Shaft next to After Earth, mm. and personally, I was more satisfied with it than I was with Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so, I, I would say I was definitely. So there you go. I look forward to seeing what they do with a second one. I just hope they fucking just chill it out a bit. Well, yeah. I mean, all I hope is in the second one is that um, Superman isn't having to visit Lois Lane in the retirement home. <laughs> Look, I'm joking. Um, oh, uh, one thing I will say. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah. Don't let Lawrence Fishburne run in movies. He's too fast. That was fucking hilarious. Was. I was watching thinking, his boobs are moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his gut is swinging about. Oh, I felt so sorry he for him. He looks so... I, I guarantee you, after that, Zach Snyder went, Cook, can we just get you running again? And Fishburne went, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, yeah, totally. I bet his knees were shot to fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so we'll hear some, some promos for other podcasts uh, that we like, um, and then we'll come into some one old, one new it was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. For sake, the manager, you'd love it. In his most formative years, he had seen it all. I can handle anything. Action. <laughs> Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. And romance. Now, he's decided it's time to go back. For just one more adventure. Humans are such easy prey. Noel Miller presents... You're the problem, you little shit! The Adventures in VHS Podcast. 
Join me, Noel Mellor, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of ex-rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format means to them. The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Thank you. Have a nice day. Download today from iTunes by searching for Adventures of VHS or visit adventuresofvhs.com. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really it's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in that's the third time though. I mean I must this is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. You oh. wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody <laughs> He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Okay, Ian, do you want to hit us with your one old or one new? Uh, I'll go one old and I'll be fairly quick because, to be honest, the only uh, the only uh, the only films that I like rewatched before were like Manchurian Candidate, which we'll get into, and uh, you know, basically uh, research. Well, research. Um, yeah, catching, uh, reacquainting myself with. Um, I watched Superman Returns, but I'm not I'm not going to talk about Superman Returns. But I, I will talk about Watchmen a little bit. Um, just because it already kind of feels like Watchmen's been forgotten. Um, and I think because of, like, the whole rise of Marvel over the last couple of years and, like, their, their, their dominance, that Watchmen is an aberration, really. Um, but it, it, it's it's one that I, I still get a great deal from. Um, it does... I mean, like, I, I watched... I, I rewatched like, the, the three-hour director's cut. Yeah. And... I do think that it strains in adaptation at times. Like it's rather bitty mm. the, the the way it, it does like particularly like the first hour, hour and a quarter while it's setting setting things up. Like I think in particularly, even though this is like direct from the um from the comic, the sequence of the comedian's funeral and it's got like the shot of each person looking down on the grave and then it flashes back to their memory of mm. him. And that, that that stuff, it, I see why they did the way they did it, and I love the sound of silence that's scoring that like the the individual bits. Um, but it that feels like it works better in a graphic novel than it does in a film. Like it's just like a flashback, and then another flashback, and then another flashback, and then another flashback. Um, but uh, I I love there there are individual sequences I fucking adore. In, in the film, and most notably, uh, Doctor Manhattan's like talking about his origin, and the 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 way it's kind of jumping back and forth, uh, and uh, the sound as well. Like, I, I think you got that. I think it's a Brian Eno music uh, kind of scoring it, and like the way you've got that, and then sometimes it's just Doctor Manhattan's voice is like the sound thing on the soundtrack just coming out the second speaker. I really really like that. Like technically, Watchmen. Four years on, I think it's still a bit of a marvel. Like Doctor Manhattan still looks great, mm. uh, big dong and all. Um, I, 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 it, that that CG still works really, really well. Um, 
I mean, there, there are bits of it which I, 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 I think great. Um, Snyder's penchant for the slow-mo speed-up fighting. Uh, the, the, it gets particularly brutal in the end where it's Ozymandias uh, explaining himself. Yeah. And then he does a bit of punching and then he explains himself a bit more and then does a bit of punching. Yeah, it, it, um, it is a little bit, a little bit combo attack, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way of putting it. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, the sex scene is, is terrible. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a really fucking awkward and strange sex scene, that, isn't it? I thought... Yeah, yeah, uh, brutal. Um, but I still think there's an awful lot to like about it. Um, I think I think the performances, for the most part, are pretty fantastic. Um, I like the pop culture manic uh, soundtrack. I, I and the fact that a lot of it is derivative, but it almost feels like it's commenting uh, comment, commenting on the derivative nature of but it. Some of it does actually. I mean, the thing is, is a lot of it does actually take cues directly from the graphic novel. Yeah. You know that you, you, Moore did insert essentially song cues into the graphic novel, and it, it does take some cues from that. Yeah. No. I, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I'd like you know the. the what is the ride of the Valkyries in that bit where Manhattan's huge and he's blowing um, Vietnamese up? I'm not quite sure. I don't think so, no. But I think it's a... It works, I think, for some reason. It does work. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. It's been, I mean, the other thing is, is Watchmen is... Um, and I don't care. Whenever I say this, people always go, oh, it, it, it's a graphic novel. Watchmen is my favourite book of all time. I, you know, I've, nice. I've read it numerous times. Uh, absolutely adore it, and and what I loved about Snyder's um, adaptation of Watchmen is he has clearly read Watchmen dozens of times, and he clearly loves the source material as well. And that's on screen. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is an adaptation made with love. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel cynical. It, it feels like people who genuinely wanted to see this on the big screen. And uh, I, I, I mean, I, I like some of the changes made for adaptation. I know I was saying I had difficulty with it, but um, uh, spoilers for anyone else that's seen Watchmen. But um, the changing of the squid to Dr. Manhattan, I think, really, really makes sense in the world of the mm. film. The fear of Dr. Manhattan uh, is, is built wonderfully. And I, 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 I really, really like that, to be honest. I think that works better in the film than the squid works than how the squid works in the book. Personally, I can, I, I, I can certainly see an argument for it. Yeah, in terms of level of effectiveness, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's all I really had to say about Watchmen. I mean, everybody's seen it, but um, I, I, I think it kind of deserves a bit more love than there there is for it. If I'm honest, I think I think the issue I think a lot of people had with Watchmen is people went in. I think expecting a comic book movie, and this sure. isn't a comic book movie at all. You know, people wanted a superhero movie, and it's not a superhero movie. Um, yeah. And so that kind of shook people, and the fact that the the violence and the nasty stuff that's in stuff like X Men, Batman, and Iron Man, and stuff like that is. It, it, it's tones to a different uh, frequency to what Watchmen is. And 
people who are going in there expecting, I think, something akin maybe to X-Men will have been very surprised at the fact that you've got, you know, the comedian shooting a pregnant woman. Um, and, you know, you have you know, these, you know, the comedian jumping down off um, the, uh, the owl down and then just shooting people. It'll have been quite jarring for people. Um, sure. I think yeah. that was a reason why it never really caught a, a wider imagination. But I, people who the the film that the um, the people that Snyder wanted to make the film for, I think on a whole tend to tend to have got it and tend to have really yeah. liked it. Um, I mean, it inspired choices with Jackie uh, Earl Haley and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan were both inspired choices. But, yeah, totally. I really like what Billy Crudup does. Yeah, yeah as well. I mean, uh, Billy Crudup is is arrogant enough to pull off playing a, a very, you know, because that, that is a thing. It's a thing that Moore put into it is that um, he's supposed to be completely. He's essentially he's invincible. He, he he's that. But there's supposed to also be an arrogance towards him as well. Yeah. Uh, in that. He's very aware of that he's above everything, and because he's invincible, he's drifted away from it. And Crudup gets that; he can he can convey that very well. Um, you know, the only I think kind of misstep is I just I just still have issues with um, with uh, Matthew Good. I think he's a great actor, but I think if if you were to say that's the one. Bit where it, it just didn't feel right. I would say it, 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 it's him, but then again, it doesn't bother me when I watch it. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Right. Uh, I'm gonna... Go on then, but So, what are you hitting us with? I'll just hit my one old or one new. I'll go for my one old. We'll, we'll cover the old ones first. Um, not watched a lot uh, this week uh, because. Uh, I made the mistake of um, starting to watch Sons of Anarchy, um, and it, it essentially has caught up a lot of my time. Very, very rare I get involved in a TV series, um, but uh, it's kind of got a bit of a grip on me at the moment. Uh, but I have managed to sneak a few movies in between. Um, uh, one of them was I was I had Wednesday night, got home, and I thought, right, 6 o'clock, I've done all the chores that I usually do on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night, my chores night. Done all of them. I want to watch some fun while I have something to eat. And somebody mentioned on Twitter that they were watching Rambo 3, and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to watch Rambo 3 as well. So I watched Rambo sure. 3, uh, which is often the one that people cite as being, you know, the shit one. I haven't seen it yet, just to... Just to warn I, will, you. I will not go spoilery then uh, on on okay, it. Man. Um, but as everyone knows, doesn't matter. I adore Sylvester Stallone. Um, the first Rambo film I saw was Rambo Three. Uh, after my uncle bought it on video when it first came out on video in like the the early nineties, um, and he watched it, and then led me the copy of it to watch. So that was my introduction to Rambo. And it, you know, it's since become a bit of an obsession. Um, Rambo 3, essentially, you've got Rambo has gone to Thailand after um, Rambo 2, um, First Blood, Rambo Part 2, 
over the worker. Rambo, first blood part two. That's it. Um, and you get Troutman comes to um, seek out John, finds him, and he's working at a, uh, a Buddhist temple, um, helping out, sort of fixing stuff, and, you know, just generally being quite silent more really. Um, Troutman says that they're going to Afghanistan because um, there's a, you know, at the time, the Soviets, and this is a big thing of 80s action movies, was, you know, there's got to be a big bad that America are trying to fight. Um, so you've got the Soviets were that at the time, were still in sort of Cold War area, era. Um, and Troutman's going to take medical supplies to this town in, in Afghanistan, and he ends up getting captured by this particularly brutal um, general. Um, so this other guy, um, which is actually played by, and I forgot it was him that's in it, it's Kurtwood Smith. Oh, nice. Um, comes back to basically tell Rambo, because Troutman's tried to get him to go with him, comes back to say to him, look, they caught Troutman. And he's like, right, well, what are you doing about it? He said, well, it's nothing. There's nothing we can do. It was a secret mission. So, you know, Rambo essentially says, well, what about me? I'll go out and get him. So, goes in as this one-man party, and, you know, that happens. Um, but the thing about it is, is this is this is the most action movie of the of the Rambo movies. Um, yeah. But Stallone is a you know it's directed by Peter McDonald who um, if you actually look back over his um, his directing career, it's not the most um, glistening of, of, of CVs. You know you've got this was his first film as a director. Then you've got More Money, The Neverending Story three. Nice. Uh, and Legionnaire, the Van Damme film, and a couple of other ones. So, you know, not the most glorious of, of CVs. However, this is just a, a greatest hit of his um, second unit director. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Golden Compass. The first four Harry Potter movies. The first what? Batman movie. First Love Part 2. Tango and Cash. Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, he's a competent director. Yeah, he is, you know, yeah. When you look back, that's just a greatest hit. So if you actually look through, he's... he's on, and if you look through the films that he's worked on as a camera operative as well, you know, there's there's a lot in there as well. So the guy, the guy has chops, you know. Yeah. He obviously just doesn't feel comfortable being a, a sole director. Instantly as well, um, he was a camera operator on the first Superman movie. Nice, bloody hell. Link. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. fucking smooth. Um, I just, whenever I watch this film, I, I'm hit with this sense of, yes, it's a little bit cheesy. It's a little bit gung-ho. But it's a fucking action movie. They are cheesy. They are gung-ho. Also, it's an 80s action movie. The action yeah. is great. There's some great funny one-liners in it. Um, it's... Rambo's most fun performance. You know, it's his least serious performance. Did you just actually refer to Sylvester Stallone as Rambo? It's Rambo's most fun uh, yeah. performance. Well, yeah, I did, yeah. Because to me, Rambo... Well, this is it, you see. And I, I'm coming to this point in a second. Um, but what Stallone does... He, Stallone's an intelligent guy. You know, he's he's actually a, a, quite an intelligent guy. Yeah, um, 
and he's, he's obviously he's a very charismatic guy. You don't create two of the most you know of the most iconic characters in cinema history in Rambo and Rocky if you don't have something about you. But as well, what Stallone does, and it's what he did with um, Burma in in Rambo the movie, and what he did for Vets in you know First Blood, and he he peppers these little bits of social conscience into these movies that yeah. are hidden in there and they're only there if you actually look for them and you know the genocide in you know Afghanistan it's there but he builds an action movie around it and it's not a a film like shooting dogs was for what was going on in in Rwanda or anything like that it, it, it's an action movie that when you actually look in a certain little bits in it there's little lines of dialogue that, that tell you what was going on in this part of the world at that time that the news didn't want you to know about. But all people want to focus on is the ridiculous actionness of it and, oh, wasn't that line stupid? And it, it just feels a little bit like, you know, me, this is me defending a movie, you know, that a lot of people say is shit and I think is actually, you know, fucking hell, I think it's a good movie. There's a great, a wonderful sequence. When you watch it, you'll know. There's a bit where uh, Rambo gets a bit of shrapnel shot into him. And the bit where he removes it and cleans his wound, I'll put it as. <laughs> I bet that's fucking is, brutal. Is, oh. is, is quite simply a... It's, it's five minutes of really tense and really incredible filmmaking. In yeah. this movie that gets such a fucking bad rap, it's it's just out out states welcome. It's around sort of ninety five minutes, and it's fun. I, I you know it, I still love all the Rambo movies. Yeah, fair play. So that was that's that's Rambo uh, part three. Uh, what is your uh, one new? My one new is a film that I've been meaning to watch for ages, and I, I was just flicking uh, in. I, I, I was in bed just flicking through Netflix and uh, looking for something to watch on my tablet, and I just came across this, and I was like, "Yeah, I've never seen this before." I, I watched the first fifteen minutes once, and I shut it off because I just wasn't in the mood and never went back to it. But I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do this." Uh, so yeah, Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing." Um, I, I basically I watched half of it on Friday night and half of it on the Saturday afternoon. Um, but like on Friday night, I didn't I didn't want to stop watching it. It was just like I could myself, feel myself getting yeah. sleepy. I was like, no, this deserves my full fucking attention. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? You, you, there's, there's, there's points where you go, do you know what? I could try and watch the rest of it, but I don't want to risk. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I I'm glad I didn't as well, uh, because it's. A pretty fucking pitch perfect mix of a kind of like a hanging out movie mm. and something that's, you know, got an awful lot to say about race relations. Oh, yeah, definitely, without question. And, and, and I mean, it is as depressingly as relevant now as it was when it was made in what, like 91? Uh, 89. Oh, 89, yeah, was it? Sorry, my apologies. Movie. Yeah, so, um,. So, yeah, I mean, basically, story is for people who haven't seen it. Uh, it's, like, pretty much the hottest day of the year in uh, in uh, an area of New York. Uh, is it Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, it's Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, and uh, there's basically it, it's basically about this neighborhood. And the, it doesn't really start off as much of a story at first. It's kind of loosely centered around Spike Lee's character, Mookie, uh, who's a pizza delivery guy um, who doesn't really take his job too seriously, but still does it, I suppose. It does, doesn't take the piss too much, but kind of does. Uh, Danny Aiello and John Turturro are like uh, father and son. There's a, another son as well that gets on with Mookie. And uh, Danny Aiello's character, get, they, they, they run the pizzeria that he works at. And uh, and Aiello's character gets on with Mookie, but John Turturro's character kind of doesn't. And it's basically as as the heat goes up, uh, like tensions start boiling. And there's like there's a few characters who could provide the powder keg for what it is and i and and, and basically the what the tension is the, the 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 start of the the kind of the explosion of it is on the face of it a really kind of dumb small bitter complaint which which is it which is exacerbated by people having feelings that haven't been said and they build up and build up and like the scene in which it kind of pops where it's these people just shouting at each other uh, and like over this music like public enemies fight the power like pay, plays through the film it, it's probably on the soundtrack at least once every 10 minutes at least um and, and you've got that playing loudly and you've got uh lee's like awesome like close-up kind of slanted angle looks at people kind of just talking to the camera it's very very confrontational um and it all just eventually blows up. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's incredible. It, it, it had me engaged from the, like the very first minute to the end of, to the end of the thing. And I mean, it, it's it is harrowing and it is depressing, but there are also moments that are incredibly entertaining. Like you got Ozzy Davis's character, uh, the mayor or the mayor. Uh, who who's basically a drunk who kind of does walk around as if he owns the place and people have this strange respect for him despite the fact that he is an old drunk and he's going around providing advice and he actually gives uh, gives the film's title as well um, and uh, I mean, Ruby D plays like the object of his uh, his affections and, she, and she's fantastic as well and you got uh, Rosie Perez uh, and it's said introducing Rosie Perez as well actually is uh, Mookie's girlfriend and it, it kind of like details their their kind of bickering and it's an awful lot of like dipping in and out of people's lives and you you get the general sense of what's going on without it ever really being spelled out to you um but uh, yeah i mean it, it is just really entertaining but it it, it, I mean, it is yeah it, it's depressing as 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 well i mean like in in this country i mean i mean well just the fact that you know Everybody is kind of racist to each other. It's not just white and uh, white and black. That was a, a, a very kind of a, a thing of why I think it, it, it hit such a nerve um, yeah, when it was released yeah, sure. is the fact that the, the, at the time Lee, you know, writing, directing, and starring it, um, it, you know, he did look at it from every angle, and it's not just it's not the white man against the black man. And it's not the black man against the white man. It's everybody against everybody, whilst also at the yeah. time everybody with everybody. It's it's certainly not a 
a, a black movie or a Latino movie or a white movie. Um, and, uh, you know, around this time, you know, Spike Lee was a brilliant voice for the, these type of movies. And he was a brilliant voice um, in, you know, in African uh, American cinema. He was a great voice for that. And the problem is, is somewhere along the line, he got a little bit twisted and a little bit caught up in it. Um, and he started, you know, throwing around, well, that's racist and that's racist a lot. And it, it kind of, it put a lot of noises out of joint, you know. And, you know, I mean, Samuel Jackson, you know, he's a friend of Spike Lee. And even he's kind of come out over recent years and said, you know, Spike just needs to calm down sometimes. But at this point, his his anger was was so well channeled. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it's not just black versus white, I mean, it, it does make it, it, it kind of makes it more universal, I suppose. I mean, it's it certainly the, these days in the UK. I mean, it, it's. Uh, Oh, even specifically England, to be honest, like I don't get as much of it in 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 Wales, but just actually I do get a little bit of it, but just not not that I get it. I mean, there there, there is it about, not that I understand it, but you know, against uh, against Muslims at the moment, you know, it, it's... yeah. I mean, for for our um, American listeners um, that might not have picked up on this at the moment, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a problem, but. There was an incident with a soldier, wasn't there, recently um, killed in public in broad daylight by what may be Muslim extremists and a, let's be honest, a a extremist hate group um, called the English Defence League have decided it, it's it's time where they can pretend that their racism is a political objection. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have put it better. I'm very glad to say that recently they have one of their little protests and their little rallies that they have um, outside a mosque in York, which is, again, for our American listeners, is quite amazing because York is about as quiet and as middle class a place as you can get um, in in England, um, and twelve of these EDL members turned up. Uh, but well over 200 uh, anti-EDL protesters turned up, nice. which uh, was 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 refreshing. Uh, yeah, I. The sooner they fuck off and go away, the better. Yeah, I mean that there's there's just a whole kind of like people saying I'm not racist, but which, dot, yeah, dot, which, dot. which immediately makes you racist. Yeah, that that there there seems to be. It, it kind of felt like that had been put on the back burner for a while, but that seems to be kind of... It seems to be okay to be a bit racist nowadays. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. Really, it, mm, it really grates on me. Yeah, it's it's kind of gone back. It's kind of gone backwards a bit, and it, it, it's you know I, I I think there do need to be voices out there out there doing work as refined as do the right thing is mm. because you can't. I, you can't criticise it on no. those kinds of grounds, and it's particularly taking that one viewpoint. It's a very universal thing. It, it, it's so incredibly well balanced. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, I mean, it, like you say, it, it's. I mean, I, I haven't seen uh, do the right thing since the early nineties, uh, but I remember there was there was a point of, of about six months where I was pretty much watching um, this and Clockers um, once every couple of weeks. 
Um, you know, I, 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 I did go through a bit of a Spike Lee sort of phase where he was one of my favourite favorite directors, and this, this is probably my favourite Spike Lee movie. No, fuck it. This is my favourite Spike Lee movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not as au fait with, um, with Spike Lee uh, uh, as a lot of people are. I, 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 I need to see more of his stuff. I mean, this is definitely my favourite of what I've seen of his, but, I mean, The 25th Hour runs it pretty close as well. Yeah. And, and, I mean, The 25th Hour kind of does feel like a bizarre kind of 10 years later spiritual sequel to this. Mm. Um, and and it would be it would be nice if Spike Lee would do something like that again because I mean I've heard very bad things about Miracle uh, Saint Anna it's and um, Red Hook Summer yeah yeah and I, I've heard bad things about Red Hook Summer as well mm. um, and I mean we, we, we'll see what happens I mean like if old old boy is financially successful maybe he'll get some money behind him again but um, I mean, yeah what, so, what I'd uh, say if you're gonna watch Spike Lee start 1986 with She's Got a Habit. And watch everything up to ninety eight. No, mm, I'd say you're good with the exception of a couple up to ninety nine. Summer of Sam. Okay. Um, I maybe won't watch uh, Freak or Four Little Girls or Girl Six. Not really that much worth. But you know, stuff like She's Got to Have It, um, More Better Blues, Jungle Fever, um, Clockers. Uh, and he got game of brilliant movies. Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I, I've, I've actually heard all of, uh, all of those are good. I know he got game is on uh, Netflix as well, so uh, that that might be one I get to pretty soon in particular. Sure. But yeah, man, let's have your one. Uh, Christ, which one is one it now? Uh, one new. One new. Now, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I say me at what I. I said that I was intrigued by the idea of this film, but it was probably going to be shite. Uh, and I said this to him at um, Mike and Hannah's wedding. And he said, look, it's not amazing, but you'll laugh quite a bit. Well, what the fuck is this? Uh, you, were, you were very drunk. And yeah. Your exact words were, watch it, you cunt. Okay. <laughs> which, which, you know, is, is quite often. That sounds like yeah. me. Uh, it was Bachelorette. I really, I said watch it. Okay, yep. all right. Watch it. it, it it's all right. Well, that, that was what you said. You see, you, you get, you never told me it was great. You kept telling me it was all right, and it was, you know, it was funny enough. But you were very insistent that I watched it. Okay, that's fucking weird. Um, what did you think of it? Um, well, I mean, it's a strange one because. Um, I, I as a story, it's it's terrible. As a story, it's terrible. As performances, there is not a single character in it that's likable at all. No, I know. It's I actually kind of like it for that. They're to be all honest. yeah, they're all horrible. Um, but one thing I will admit, they all do feel sort of quite real. They do feel like they could be real people. Um. And as well, you know, this is written and directed by a, a, a female, and it's told very much from the female point of view. Um, and all the, men, all the men in the film are arseholes, apart from one. But then again, all the females in the film are arseholes as well. Um, yeah. You've got... The idea of it is, is you've got... Rebel Wilson um, is um, getting married, um, and 
her three friends from uh, high school, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Lizzie Clapham, uh, and Isla Fisher, um, uh, coming back for the wedding, and it's sort of them all reuniting. Um, you, know, you get the very feeling that they really probably haven't spent that much time with each other since high school, but they've still kind of remained in contact. Um, but the film isn't Rebel Wilson's film. It's Kirsten Dunst's movie, um, and Lizzie Clapham's, Clapham's movie, and you know Isla Fisher just kind of floats around it in a way, um, and it, it very much goes for the you know the offensive um, screenplay aspect of it. You know it's very crass and it's you know lots of you know fuck and cock jokes. I mean there's a there's a, a scene very early on where um Kaplan is explaining blowjobs to a guy on a on a plane and you watch it thinking Oh yeah. Really? You know, I I don't care how conf- sexually confident she is and how much of a you know she you know the fact that she's a bit slutty is her identity. It that just felt a little bit like, oh fuck off. Come on. Okay. Nobody nobody actually has that conversation with a complete stranger. It, it, that, I'm calling massive bullshit on that one. Um, so, the problem is, is, it's quite a funny little um, idea that she's got. And quite a funny little system that she's got. And it kind of, you know, in some kind of crazy batshit way, it makes sense. And it's quite well delivered. But the problem is, is you're going, this could have been, this, this little fucking monologue could have been better utilised somewhere else in the movie. You know, it, it, it having it there was a bit like, I've written this, it's really funny, where can I put it? I'll put it here. Um, and that's what the movie feels like. It feels like a selection of sketches sewn together to create a, a movie. And sometimes these sketches are just terrible. And yeah. other times these sketches are quite funny. Yeah. And then other times you're going, well, no, now you're just trying to, you know, to to to, to offend people, or you're trying to be seedy, uh, and it, it 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 feels very, very forced, and you're a bit like, right, fine, and stuff kind of happens that you go, well, I just I don't care, but. It's it's nowhere near as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, sure. I mean, that, that, that is what it is. It's a three out of five. It is, it, 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 it's perfectly watchable. It's it's funny at points, um, and it's shit at points. Um, Isla Fisher is fucking awful in it, um, because it, it it's like she doesn't really know what kind of movie she's in. Yeah. Um, she's... She's playing it to a level above what everyone else is playing it in, and the cover for that is that she's wasted. Um, but she's too big for it. For throughout it, she's too, um, she's too gross out comedy for it. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, once she's still doing that, you know, you try to get to you know, the deeper meaning behind it. And once they start trying to throw in deeper meaning to it, in sort of like the, the middle of the film, 
to try and get a little bit more weight into it. And it's like um, Leslie Headland sort of went, oh, do you know what? It ain't working. I'm just going to go back to what we were at the first sort of part of the film. And it, it sure. just drops everything and goes back to being that, you know, one crazy night again. Um, and there's not a lot much else I can say on it other than the fact that it, it's nowhere near as shit as it should be. But at the end of it, I was very much like, I just don't see the point <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um, James Marsden steals every scene he's in just by being a, a brilliant dickhead. Yeah, yeah, he is a brilliant you dickhead. Know, you get the feeling that James Marsden is just being James Marsden, you know. Like they've gone, oh, you want to be this dickhead? And he's like, oh, I know that dickhead. That dickhead was me. 27 through to early 30s. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I can I can be that asshole. He's basically, he's rich, handsome, and doesn't give a fuck if, if he offends people. In fact, he actively tries to offend people. The bit where yeah. they're in the strip club, and he's basically calling them prostitutes. Um, and then when he was sort of saying, she's right there, he's like, oh, she doesn't mind. He's like thinking, she probably does. And the, where he's yeah, getting yeah. a lap dance in front of Kirsten Dunst, and everybody says, there you go, there's somebody, go away now, I'm bored. So it's very nice, yeah. but I'm bored now. And it, it, it's just like, God, you're an arsehole. Uh, and then Adam Scott's character, um, he's, it, it, you know, it's like they've gone, he's this character, it, it, this is his character, this is his character. Oh, no, it's not, he's this character. And he's he, he completely changed his character halfway through the movie. Yeah. For no reason at all. It just—it's a sort of film where if you start thinking about it, you can tear, tear it to pieces. But it's really not worth thinking about. It's got some good cop jokes in it, um, and it, it, it's funny enough to be okay. And Reverend Wilson, for the first time, wasn't irritating in a film. Yeah, no, even though she's not in it much, she's she plays quite wasn't a irritating. bland character. But yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah, that was my. That was my one new, so um, you're safe. I didn't hear it. Um, <laughs> right, so, well, we're going to get into the um, the last of our Jonathan uh, Demi uh, movies. Um, we're going to play you a clip from the trailer to the uh, Manchurian Candidate, uh, and then we're going to get into it. And I'm going to get... I sleep, I dream. I don't want to dream. <sighs> Something happened out there in the desert that night during that mission, and it's not what we thought it was, and it happened on my watch. We've been down this road with you before, yes? No, no, sir. Not this road. Sergeant Shaw, you ever dream about Kuwait? Captain Marco! How much do you actually know about your friend? I served under him. He was a good man. That's what the neighbors always say about serial killers. Somebody put an implant inside me. I got a good feeling they put one in you, too. You need to get help, Ben. I'm not crazy, Shaw. Raymond, this is J.B. Johnson of Manchurian Global. We're strong supporters. At a flick of a switch, we can adjust character change personality these are not supposed to exist raymond prentice sure listen this is a coup 
This is rich people funding bad science to put a sleeper in the White House. Among the shareholders in Manchurian Global, you would find former presidents, supposed kings. Yeah, I get it. They're big. They're huge. And you bring me rumors and conjecture. I started with nightmares. Rumors and conjectures. That's a giant leap forward. Somebody got into our heads. Neurons got, got, got exposed and circuits got rewired. I think you should leave. No. What are you doing? I gotta find out what's gonna happen and where it's gonna happen. He's delusional. Watch where you going! You swore to me that this was fail-safe. No leaks, no glitches. I will do whatever is necessary to protect my son. We're gonna stop this and take them out. You don't think they factored you in? Hello, Captain. Do you remember me? Believe me, help me, or shoot me. Okay, that was a uh, a clip from um, the 2004 Jonathan Demme remake of the 1962 John um, Frankenheimer movie, uh, The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, We've got a cast here, Denzel Washington, Lee Schreiber, Meryl Streep, John Vaught. Uh, we've got early proms, Vera Farminger, kind of. And you've got Jeffrey Wright in there, as well as, again, uh, a, a host of recognisable faces of, oh, it's that guy from, uh. Um, Ian, um, what did you, well, first of all, actually, have you seen the original Manchurian Candidate? Hadn't. Oh, the original, yeah. no. No, I haven't either, actually. Um, so, uh, in terms of comparing it to the original, neither of us, I'm guessing, will be doing that because neither of us have seen yeah. the original. Uh, I know people are going to be screaming now, going, oh, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. I just, my, the reason why I haven't watched it um, is I, I find Frank Sinatra a really irritating person, so uh, that would cloud my judgment on it. Um, so, what did you think of the uh, Manchurian Candidate? Um, uh, pardon me. I, I had seen it before, kind of closest to the release when it first came out on DVD. Yeah, me too. Um, and um, even though I didn't have that much memory of it, uh, I think it's fine. Um, I, I, I think it's quite strong in in in, in sections. Uh, but as we, we were kind of talking off uh, off mic about this, um, it. Well, basically, like I, I, it's just over. It's like two hours nine minutes long or something yeah. like that. At least the copy I watched is. And I watched the first hour and a half in bed last night, and I was just like, "Oh, by the way, folks, if if people don't know, the reason why I seem to watch a lot of stuff in bed is because you know Donna goes to bed quite early at the moment because she's pregnant. So I go to bed with her because she likes me going to bed with her, and I watch stuff on my tablet." Um, so that, that, that's it. I just managed to usually get a film in or most of a film in. So I watched the first hour and a half of, uh, of this. And I was thinking like, again, like with, uh, do the right thing. I was like, I quite fancy watching the rest of this, but I thought, no, I've got, I've got to be up in the, in the morning. I'm going to go to sleep and watch the rest of it. And I watched the last half hour today and the last half hour is it just goes so slowly for what it is. It's so obvious what is happening. Like, the, I watched it today. I watched it from the moment that it, it's basically like uh, election day and 
Liev Schreiber casts his vote and then he meets Denzel Washington in, in like that classroom. Yeah. From there until the end, it just takes forever. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, it's like, you just, you know Denzel Washington is going to be the shooter. That's obvious pretty much from the start. Because, mm. like, they can't have Liev Schreiber be the shooter. Yeah. Because it that, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, like, it, it, that whole, the whole aspect of, like, the intrigue of, you know, did, did they, I think they could have played up the whole, did, was Leo Schreiber's character actually a hero or not? They could have played that, and they could have had Leo Schreiber, like, the, the fact that he realises that he's not this hero or something, they could have played that up. Mm. But instead, it, it, it just, it kind of goes for the, ob- it goes for the obvious thing at every turn, this film. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, like you say, it's it's two hours, um, um, you know, ten minutes long for argument's sake. Um, but it, it it really, really the first hour zips past quite quickly. Yeah. But once you kind of the thing is is it it shows you its cards after about an hour, just over an hour, and. You know, then you should have maybe forty minutes to wrap it up, but it isn't. You've yeah. got another hour and ten minutes where you're going. Yeah. I know. I already know all this. Why are you telling me again? Why are you showing me this again, but slightly different to how you showed me it last time? And the, the fact that again it doesn't know how to end. There's there's like three or four endings to this movie where you go, ah, uh, okay, we're a bit more. Ah, uh, nope, a bit more. Uh, uh, oh, for fuck's sake, will you just end? And it, it is a little bit like that. It's because um, I, I was actually looking forward to rewatching this because I remember watching it around um, the same time when it came out on DVD. In fact, um, I rewatched this on DVD um, when I went um, myself and Rebecca um, for our second wedding anniversary. Uh, we went away. We, you know, we couldn't go out on our, for our first wedding anniversary because Becky was heavily pregnant with Isabel. Um, so our second wedding anniversary, uh, Becky's parents uh, at the time had a place in Spain, and we went out there, and we actually watched this one night um, while we were out in Spain. It was um, pissing it down one night, um, and we'd taken a few DVDs just to watch, you know, just in case it rained or anything like that. And we watched this, and I remember really liking it. Uh, so I was looking forward to rewatching it, and I got about forty minutes in, and I was thinking, right, it's not quite as good as as my brain was remembering it. And then uh, the more and more it went on, the more I was going, this is this is really really dull. Um, you know, he, Washington usually he's usually very watchable even when he's in terrible films, but even in this, I was thinking yeah, he, he was he was irritating me more than making me feel for it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, yeah, there is that because he is quite ineffectual. He does, he does kind of the wrong thing at, at, at every turn as well. Yeah. Like, it, it, like his character should know how all this stuff is going to sound, and he should be able to. It feels like he's intelligent enough to work a way around that, but he's not. He just like walks up to 
he walks up to the F Schreiber in like public and starts babbling yeah. a load of crazy I mean, shit. You know? like, he goes from you know talking to kids about how amazing Raymond Shaw is, Dave Schreiber's character, uh, and how he put him up for the um, Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor, um, yeah. And all of this stuff. And then he very quickly goes from being... Uh, yeah, you're right. F- you know, from being that guy and very, you know, military-minded and everything like that and confident and together to being, you know, disheveled and crazy. You know, really, yeah. you, there's no progression it's like one day he's there and then like two three days later you know he's the twitchy eyes and the, the mad notebook and you know just a shirt with the, the buttons undone and a, and a, and a, a jacket and it, it just it's just unraveling very very quickly yeah you know it, yeah yeah uh, it, 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 the passage of time in this film is not well handled with that at so all. and uh, the the whole, um, I mean, cause obviously the reason why we, we you know, we, we look at this movie um, essentially is to look back at the, you know, the work of Jonathan Demme, and you know, it's it's a competently directed um, conspiracy thriller to an extent, but it's incredibly staged. It all feels, none of it feels real. No, not a single part of that feels like a location. It all feels very set. It, yeah, and I mean, it, it, I, I think that kind of stretches to the uh, the kind of the shooting of the film as well, even though I liked it in a way, but it's played very theatrically. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of like zooming in on faces. And, and the colours are all very defined. Uh, and, 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 and like the kind of like the the kind of like fading to black and then rising up and then another thing will happen and then fading to black and then rising up it feels it does feel like a film made in the 60s but made in the noughties yeah. but but with Wyclef Jean added on yeah. that, there's, 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 there's so many beats in it that just don't quite work and, you know, and casting John Voight to play somebody when, you know, let's be honest, John Voight lost the ability to act a long time ago. You know, sure. he's, you know, I mean, this is an Oscar winning, you know, actor who, you know, was magnificent in, you know, films like Midnight Cowboy and, you know, Deliverance, um, Coming Home. Uh, but let's be honest, he's, he's fucking, he's abysmal nowadays. And, He's abysmal in this. You know, he's so... He always comes across as being bumbling nowadays. And he comes across as bumbling in this. Um, Washington is not bad, but it's a rare, shaky performance from him. Um, You know, Lee Schreiber is competent, but... You you are looking at him going a lot of the time, sort of transfixed by simply how wide his face is. Yeah, um, sure. It's incredible how wide his face is. He's like a male uh, mini driver. Uh, it's it's incredible. And then you know, Jeffrey Wright's very good in this. You're just not in it a lot, and the majority of time he spends in this, he's kind of hunched over and drooling. Um, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and um. It's come the massive elephant in the room. Streep's terrible in this film. She's pretty rough. She's fucking awful. Um, I'm not Mel Streep's biggest fan at, at the best of times, but in this, she's 
she's she has these monologues where she starts talking and wandering around and she's supposed to be quite brash and quite aggressive and very you know feel you know she's supposed to seem like she's bulletproof um but it, it just comes across like the way she's doing it like that everybody else who's sat in the room is turning round to each other and making you know the 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 flapping hand motion yeah, with their yeah, hands yeah. like here she fucking goes again and it, it's like that there's no authority in what she's saying at all it's just like she's talking and was going oh again and whether or not that's the characters thinking that or the actual actors sat there thinking this is the seventh time she's done this what, when when can we just go and raid the catering tray? Because right now, I, I I could really use one of those donuts because she's boring me. And and <laughs> I, I, all the time, what's she thinking? Does 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 she think she's good in this? Because it, it it's it's painful at points how bad she is, and it's the same when. Um, a few people get their big moments. It's like, really? And then you've got people like Miguel Ferrer and Ted Levine who get to do nothing in the movie, and they're brilliant actors. Right? Uh, yeah, Ted Levine. Um, Does he get like two yeah, lines? Vera Farmiga gets like what four lines? A one is where she runs out and asks Steve Schreiber, and I counted it five times what he's doing. He's drowning your dad. It's really <laughs> obvious what he's doing. What with the fact that he's holding the kayak that your dad is in. You've just seen him in it. And he's holding it yeah. underground. Maybe stop asking him what he's doing and go like, try and stop him or call somebody. Don't just stand in the water going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's fucking obvious what he's doing. <laughs> seriously I actually expect at one point to go bitch seriously what am I doing <laughs> I'm killing your dad and I'm about to kill you fucking run away or something you're making it really easy even though I will say that moment where he's drowning her it's just a shot of her under the water I actually thought it was pretty yeah, good there is, there's, there's some really nice little shots in it but um, it, it's peppered with moments of absolute stupidity, which, you know, then there's some fucking terrible dialogue in this movie as well. I can't remember any specifics, but I remember going, really? And just like, just general sort of plot points, like, for instance, the hotel room, where we first hear the, um, the little fucking, you know, the little bit that's the trigger. Raymond Shaw. Yeah. Raymond Prentice Short, yeah, and yeah, You yeah. hear the trigger, and then he walks in, and it's like, sorry, he's going essentially for a checkup and a bit of a tune-up, and you've 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 destroyed an entire hotel yeah. room. And That's a good point. This 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 fucking this hospital room essentially in a hotel room. Really, you could have just said, oh, you know what that could have explained with, Raymond. Um, you've got a medical checkup for your insurance forms this week, so you need to be at this location at this time. Oh, okay. Is there time for that at this moment? Yeah, there is. Open the door, say that live, he sits down. 
He didn't have to have that happen. It, 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 it was, you watched it going, this is just retarded. <laughs> and then I thought, at that point, I paused and thought, what? who wrote this? Seriously, who wrote this? Who did write the it? The guy who wrote, that. now, he, he actually, he wrote some okay stuff. He wrote Doc Hollywood, screenplay for that. Perfectly enjoyable movie. Ooh. The hard way. Perfectly enjoyable movie. But then, he wrote, in two years, he wrote The Sum of All Fears. Have you seen The Sum of All Fears? Uh, yeah. A, a, a fucking awful movie. You know, it's the the movie that essentially killed the Jack Ryan franchise for a time. Yeah. And yeah. then he wrote this two years later. And it's like, all right, it explains a lot that you've only written. And he wrote Fracture as well, which essentially is a movie where Anthony Hopkins does Anthony Hopkins, you know, just the general stock Anthony Hopkins role that we get from him now. And Gosling does his most fucking. It's his most conventional performance you're likely to see. Sure. Um, and there's just this, I mean, like you were saying, earlier, some of Washington's decisions in it are just so retarded. And the you know it's quite obvious that that woman who reaches out to him is either working for you know. Manchurian Global or somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what the, she could because she works in his fucking local local mini mart. She all of a sudden is going to go and talk to him and take him back to her place. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's just I, I I've not got a lot else to say on it because I'll be honest, I was very disappointed with it. Maybe because I thought that I liked it and then was watching it going. This is just shit. I thought I thought it was fine. You know, it, it just it, it kind of was what it was. It just I, for me, it, it really fell down in the uh, in the last act. But... If it had been twenty minutes shorter, I'd have been fine with it. But the fact that it, it just it, it, it's this film has no right to be over two hours long. If this was a hundred sure. no, yeah, right. nine minutes, fine. A hundred twenty nine minutes. Are you kidding? Yeah, doesn't have that much to it. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's totally I fair. Hope, so unfortunately, uh, I, I'm gonna have to go for uh, that was shit. I'm I'm saying definitely not shit. I I was I was all right with it. I had a good time watching it most of the way through, but it, it is prob it is certainly problematic. But it for me, it's just about definitely not shit. Mm. And next week, uh, we're we're closing out our um, double demi marathon uh, with Ted Demi's Blow, which is another film. That uh, that was what we were covering, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is another film that I, I haven't watched since it was released, uh, but I remember really enjoying it when it was released. So yeah, I haven't watched it for a while. So now so. I'm going to that, going, oh fuck, what happens if that's just another one of these where I watch it and go, oh, fucking horrible. But um, I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to catching up with that because I I love a fucking good, you know, epic drug fucking movie. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I'm looking, very much looking forward to that. Um, right, Twitter questions. I think we're up to now, aren't we? Yes, sir. Let's have a look. See what we've got. Uh, I think we, we asked this question very late, so I don't think we've got a lot. Uh, Father's Day. So uh, Glenn T. Chapman has said, uh, 
best and worst movie dads. Worst um, would be uh, Ray Winston um, in Warzone, the Tim Roth film. Ah, uh, yes. You know, just a horrible film, and you know the fact that he. Nobody watched Warzone because it's just 99 minutes of just fucking misery. And there's no no redeeming feature of it at all. But essentially, you get a, a, a scene where for some reason in a disused fucking building or a pier or something like that. Or, no, it's not like a cliff face, isn't it? You get uh, Ray Winston ass raping his daughter. Um, <laughs> And it, it's just, it's horrible. The entire film is like a grey green colour. It's just a thoroughly unnecessary movie and I hated it. Best Gregory Peck in The Omen. <laughs> Mine would be um, Clark Griswold in, um, oh, that's a fair in show. Christmas Vacation. Because fair all show. he wants to do is just have a nice Christmas for his family. Um, oh, God, what would I go with? Go on, then, you go for your. For your Worst. Worst. God, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Ah, oh, fucking no. That would be best. Best, just because of his fucking eyebrows. Uh, the dad in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> oh God, who's it? Who's it? Who voices it? James Khan. James Khan, cast it is. Yeah. Yes, they are good eyebrows. Uh, worst. Ah, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, you've got one. The lead character in Old Boy. Oh. Oh. That's a good call. <laughs> Terrible father. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Those aren't parenting skills. That's that's a that's a good one. Uh, we've got another one from uh, Glenn Chapman. Also, what Superman story would like you like to see adapted for the big screen? I'd go for Red Sun. Um. I'm not familiar enough um, with the... I haven't got a fucking clue, sorry. Sorry, 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 game. sorry guys. But uh, I'd go for Red Sun because it'll obviously make you happy. Sure. Um, and PDX Creek, um, Superman, underwear or no underwear? No underwear. I, I'd be very interested in seeing Henry, Henry Cavill's cop. Yeah, Henry Cavill is, is banging Gina Carano. Yes, he is, isn't he? Good on him. Yes, good. I, I, I bet you they have the most aggressive sex known to man. Uh, I bet you she makes him a bitch regularly. I bet, I I bet. Essentially, that's just a fight where both of them at one point come. Ah, that should be a movie. I would, I would watch that sex (laughs) too. Oh, come be honest, be honest. When Henry Cavill fucking walks out, um, gets out of the, the sea and stands up, a, a little bit of you went, oh, God. Oh, no, yeah, he's a, he's he's a, a good-looking fucking guy. handsome man. He, yeah, and no, actually, you know what? He looks like a cuddler as well. Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, God, that's fucking funny shit, Mark. Fair play, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he, he's now added to my ever-growing list of man crushes. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, that's that's it for our, our Twitter questions again. We should probably have asked that a bit more than two minutes before we started recording. Yeah, no, no, um, no. So, uh, 
you know what else I will say? Uh, I did actually, because I, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of, um, not a lot of time this week, I haven't watched a lot of films, but um, I did watch another film that I started watching last night. I got in last night, um, and my plan was to either watch um, Bachelorette or Manchurian Candidate, because Becky was um, staying in Leeds last night, because she was on a night out, and because I was at work, Isabel wasn't here, got in, and I just got in too late to watch Eyes, because I thought I'd fall asleep. Do you know what I stuck on? I stuck on the Hangover Part Three, just to see if if if, if, if I missed something, and it was a lot worse than I thought it was. And thoroughly expected to fall asleep after half an hour. Didn't watch it all. Still really like it. Fair play. Yeah. So so Uh, we've got an email. We've got an email. Holy hell balls. Uh, John Dangerfield. That name Good rings name. a bell. That name rings a bell. I think he, he follows on, on Twitter as well. So, so thank you for emailing him. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, nice one. Good man. Uh, he says, three questions for you, chaps. Yes. One, who do you guys think is the most wooden actor slash actress? Wooden actor slash actress. Um... In terms of wooden and just void of any personality. Mm. There's one, it's a, there's a glaringly obvious one that's just in, that I just, it's in the front of my brain, but my brain can't quite decipher what the name is. Can you remember what they were in? No. <laughs> that's the problem. Horribly wooden actor or actress. Come back to me in a minute. Got that next question and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, okay, this is uh, Ian. If you had to name your son slash daughter after an actor slash actress, what would you name him or her? Werner Herzog Loring. That's incredible. It's not. It, it would never happen. I know, but that would be so cool. It'd be fucking amazing. Isn't it? Isn't it Hugo if it's a boy? All right. Uh, uh, it was. It was. We're um. It, there, there's uh, there's one we're thinking of particularly for a boy, but I don't want to um uh, say anything in particular. We uh, I think we've nailed down one for a girl as well. So oh, nice. Um, uh, I, I I I was going to call if we had a boy. I was I was adamant that we we're going to call him Warrior. Absolutely adamant. Nice. <laughs> Becky, but That's Becky nice. was saying we're not. I we are. We are. I think she was quite relieved when it turned out to be a girl. It wasn't just me, it's me, Warrior Ace Foster. Solid. That would be it would have been fun. fucking cool, wouldn't it? Um, and he says, uh, Free, what are your signature dishes, i.e. the dish you can make that you are most proud of? Uh, I do a fucking mean steak and ale pie. Oh, nice. I'll say that fucking right uh, now. I do a mean Texas chilli. Uh, it's not hot at all, but it tastes absolutely amazing. Nice. Um, and it was it was made by a guy um, in a bar I met once um, in a bar I met when I was drunk, uh, and he was very drunk, um, and he told me the recipe, um, and I couldn't remember it, and he couldn't remember it exactly, and said that he had it written down at home, and he was from Texas, and I drunkenly must have given him my telephone number. Three days later, he rang me and made me write down the recipe. That's pretty solid. That, so that's where, that's, that's wow. where I got the recipe from. And you know what? And he was like, "This is the this is exactly what you have to do." 
it, so it wasn't just the recipe, it was how you do it as well. And mm. there we go, that's what I did. Oh, what an actor, remembered him. Christopher Mintz Platt, shit. Oh yeah, you hate Christopher Mintz Platt. Can, can barely even fucking talk. What's yours? Thinking, man. I'm thinking. Um, I'm out. I can't even fucking think. I love everybody. That's my problem. Ah, uh, you just you're just too damn nice, aren't you? Yeah. I'm not. Um, right. I think that's that is that that it for emails. Well, thank you for that email. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it totally is. Taylor Leone. Fucking. Oh yes. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. She is particularly, particularly poor, isn't she? <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, what did I? I saw her in some recently where she was bathing a big dog. Oh, what the fuck? Ghost Town. Yes, I think that was it. She's fucking terrible in that. I I, I actually kind of like Ghost Town, but yes, she is. Mm. I'm just looking at, 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 at yeah. Thank God she don't make a lot of films. Because, yeah, she's, she's not great. Um, right, I think that that's this episode wrapped, I think, yeah? I believe Anything so, sir. Add? No, man, right. I'm done. I'm hungry. Me too. Uh, right, cool. Um, get in touch with us uh, at Dude and the Monkey on Twitter. Remember, fire any questions you get throughout the week. Um, also, at Ian Loring, at DudeFoz. Email is dudenamonkey at gmail.com. Uh, please get in touch. iTunes reviews always greatly received. Um, and what are we covering next week? It will be... Well, World War Z. Cool. Uh, looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, it's... Is it actually under... Is it under two hours long? Uh, I think it might be a, a, a hair over. A hair over. Let's have a look. Ah, fuck, I just did World War X. That's probably not good. Um, no, it's under. Is yeah, really? 116 minutes. Oh, okay. Let's see uh, what Mark Forster can do in 116 minutes with $400 million. Yay. Um, right. Uh, and we'll be getting the uh, the closing of our double demi marathon with uh, Ted Demi's final film, I think it was, was it? Final feature film, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, the doc- uh, yes. Uh, below. Um, thank you very much for listening. Over and out. Totally. Bye bye, guys. <laughs>